You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shot flew up. Oh, he's toying with him now. Chris. Hey, you're not in the United States right now, I'm told. I, I am in Europe. <laughs> did that sound did that sound European? Uh kind of. Even though it was like a pan-European, hard to tell what it is accent. Sure. That's what I was going for. <laughs> like diehard villain. Right. You're like German, Russian, Scandinavian, who knows? Yes, I am in Scandinavia, actually. I'm in Stockholm. I have to tell you, it's amazing. Amazing how like tennis amazing or life amazing? Yeah, tennis amazing. Well the life amazing is fun. Like everyone's really attractive and tall. Uh and you can get really nice like work bags uh-huh. and sneakers. But tennis amazing. I have been abroad during Grand Slams before, but I have to tell you that nothing has compared to this trip. I don't know if it's gotten better or maybe I've just had like more time to experience it. It's on in every bar. Tennis is on in every bar. Just wow. get, wrap your mind around that. Wow. The beautiful French clay of Roland Garros uh-huh. is like visible through like a bar window. Wow. During the so day. So sophisticated. What a sophisticated We're already, country. And then second of all, I have to tell you, forget the BBC, which I've often been praising because they have really good commentary and like wall-to-wall coverage. Eurosport. Holy moly. You want to know what's on Eurosport? Yeah. All your favorite former pros who <laughs> now have tennis shows. Such as? known rapscallion John McEnroe who hosts a show as the commissioner of tennis which like is pretty much what you'd expect right but I'm just like glad it happens and why doesn't it happen in America why money he's American for Christ's (laughs) sakes but the piece de resistance the show that I wish I'd known about because apparently he's been doing it forever game set Mots Mots Vlander. ah that's a great name ah great name I know (laughs) It was so uh, fun. He's so good. He's so funny. He's like humble and smart and funny and cool. Oh my God. He's amazing. It's that, amazing. The it's, show is so good. It's like, <laughs> imagine an entire hour of sports center where it was just tennis, like highlights and like a little commentary. And then somebody's on a scene somewhere, but it's dark outside and they have a microphone and kind of inexplicably like it's all of that, but it's just tennis. It's amazing. But, but wait, so this is like all year long, even obscure, like Acapulco, they send someone there to cover it. I think Game Set Mots, from my understanding, is seasonal. (laughs) Okay. Does it only work in English? Or in Swedish, it also, his name also means match somehow. I think it's like Game Set Mots. (laughs) That's kind of, you know know who I was talking about this today? Get ready. This is, I'm about to drop a name. Yep. I was talking about it today with Jonas Bjorkman. Oh my God. What what were the circumstances (laughs) under which you met him? Well, it was kind of cool circumstances, but I just want to acknowledge that that's probably only a name to the two of us. And everyone else is like, that sounds like a guy who was maybe on True Blood or in a Lars von Trier movie. And in both those cases, you would be incorrect. Jonas Bjorkman was a very famous, well, moderately famous Swedish <laughs> tennis player who once uh, reached number four and he won all four Grand Slams as a double specialist. It's true. So a very good player. Right. right. Not an Edberg or a Vlander level player, Whoa. but certainly yes, in the mix, right? In the mix, although not close to those two guys you just named. Anywhere near them. But he made a semi of the U.S. Open in as recently as 2006. That yeah, he was like crazy. 35. Yeah, yeah, crazy. He was like our age. Yep. Uh, watching him play, I remember, uh, pretty stiff. Not the most fluid athlete in the world, <laughs> I wouldn't say. But great, great return to serve. Yeah. There you go. He's like our Todd Martin. 
He is. He's exactly like our Todd Martin. Perfect. Perfect. Another guy I talked to him about. So I had this great conversation with him today when I went to play paddle tennis with my Swedish colleagues, which was also really fun and silly. Which is like a whole other thing I could talk about, but it probably is boring. Needless to say, there's a new game. It's called Paddle Tennis, and it's sweeping Europe. And it's and Jonas Bjorkman owns Stockholm's largest club. Fantastic. Okay, so break down. What did you talk about with Jonas okay. Bjorkman? Obviously, I talked to him a little bit about Racket Magazine, which he was really enthused about. And he said, oh, come find me at Wimbledon. I do a little thing. And I was like, what do you mean, a little thing? And he was like, oh, I host a show for the Wimbledon channel. And I was like, well, that's not a little thing. That's really cool. <laughs> and I like sort of went along with it like I would just probably be at Wimbledon. Yeah, you were like, cool, I might. cool man. Yeah, I'll swing by. I was cool. like, yeah, cool. All right, yeah. So it was like a totally delightful conversation. If you ever find yourself in Stockholm, go to the Paddle Tennis Center. Just just walk around screaming his name and he'll show up. Just Jonas Bjorkman. <laughs> Jonas. Um, so, so yeah. was he one of those guys who's weirdly tall? Like when you realize, like, oh, these guys are amazing athletes. No, not that tall. That huh. was another thing. He looked. He was like a normal scale human. Like I didn't feel like um, oh, a, yeah. like an elf among Vikings, which is usually how I feel when I'm here. <laughs> but he was like normal scale. I think he was actually short wow. by Swedish standards. Yeah, he's six feet. Wow, compact. I know. Yeah, it's compact. Yeah, yeah, he was. And pro- that's probably why he was a double specialist. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Right. Oh man! Yeah. yeah, but still fit as a fiddle. Like, got yeah. out there with the paddle. Like he could, he could do moves that you know I could only imagine. So it was really cool. It was like, oh, this is fun, and it's fun to be around a professional athlete, yeah. especially ones who are like articulate and nice. Totally, and I mean, Edberg, Vlander, like they do not let themselves go over there. Like these, these guys are in tip-top shape. I think it's all like the boiled herring. Like I don't think you can indulge really. Like their food is not good enough to get fat on. Is that what you're no, 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 I did not want to insult the cuisine of Sweden. If any Swedes are listening, that is not my intention. No, <laughs> I would like but to I distance also... myself from from Chris's comment. Nobody's nobody's really chubby here. It's like kind of hard to be, even right. despite all the delicious next level gummies. Even if you can't go to one of the Grand Slams ever, which you know I've been to one of them. Maybe that's all I'm ever going to get to. Go to Europe <laughs> during them because it's so awesome. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the French Open began this week, and uh, so far, not a crazy amount of upsets, although I was reading that Kerber lost today. I saw some of that match today, again, yeah. because they played it all day. Right. Yeah, um, she's not great on clay. That's, that's I think, the only <laughs> thing to say about that. Is it like the, sh- the Sharapova thing of, like, uh, a cow on ice? <laughs> yeah, it was interesting, because I was listening to um, Courtney Wynn, friend of the podcast, who works for the WTA and also hosts the No Challenges Remaining podcast. Uh-huh. And she, one thing that's great about both her WTA Insider podcast and No Challenges Remaining is that a lot of times they have tape from the press conferences yeah. of the players. Yeah. Basically, Azarenka was saying the same thing. They didn't have tape from the Kerber conference, but I suspect it's the same. Like, not very many people, especially the women who are big hitters, right. can move on this surface at all. And right. that's something that you totally... I didn't really appreciate how much difference it is Azarenka explained it actually really well she was like on every other surface i can go from defense to offense with one shot on clay it takes me three yeah oh that's a great way to put it that's a great yeah and you're like oh yeah that would totally derail your game if you like a shot maker which is what she is who also lost today that was really sad the Mm -hmm. victoria Azarenka retirement oh man what are we gonna do in the third i know she's such a nice personality and like it also sucks to have like Kerber gone. Not that she's like that well known or anything, but she's great. She's a big hitter. That's fun to watch. 
That, that's like two really compelling games that just exited on the first day. Right. Azarenka, in a scary way, she had like she appeared to have some sort of knee injury in a way that like did not look okay. No, no, because I mean she's like tough, right? Like I don't think she would retire unless she really would retire. I don't know if they have mandatory Belarusian military service, but if they did, <laughs> Victoria Azarenka would be a judge of it. Right. You know what I mean? It wouldn't have to be ma- like mandatory for her though. Like she would just sign up and like do it in the off season. So, uh, so why is it? I mean, because on the men's side, it's not like Barisatagi's not getting to the finals. Like, it's usually the best players just <laughs> make it to the finals. Like, I don't feel like there's such a great disparity. There's some, um, but usually the best guys who get who advance in the U.S. Open are also the guys who advance at the French Open. Now, now, now they no, do, yeah. right? Because I, I think it's because all the good players now, well, the big four anyway, are all good defenders. But if you think about it. Like, Agassi and Pete Sampras weren't very good defenders. I mean, everyone talks about Agassi's return off serve because it was probably the best that's ever been. But, like, but they were both, like, aggressive, like, take the ball on the rise. And Pete Sampras' case, like, he just ran into the net. You know what I mean? Right. Edberg, too. Like, so that really punishes you, which is why they didn't together win that many French Opens. But, obviously, like, Wimbledon's and U.S. Opens. Um, So I think it's that. I think it's, like, the defending on the men's game has gotten a lot better. Does that sounding right to you? I think so. I mean, I think that part of the reason, I like the the explanation for the big four uh, reign for me that uh, I've heard somewhere uh, that makes the most sense is that these guys are like there's a group of unusually good athletes at the top of men's tennis where like yeah these these guys are so much better athletes even among great athletes that 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 it doesn't matter the surface much and they have pretty varied games you know yeah I mean? that's true i think that's exactly right and it was interesting when i was watching game set mots today he was talking <laughs> about uh when i was watching game set match mots vlander was saying actually vavrinka out of all of those players who could actually win this thing because he did last year he's the one who um has the worst defense like he doesn't huh, play very yeah. well on defense and he almost lost today and the guy he was playing was a swede so you can believe that they really yeah. went in depth on it and it was basically because he made this guy R- Rosal made Riverinka play defense. Yeah, right, right. Because when he's on top of a ball, he's like as powerful as there is. Uh, yeah, he murders yeah. it. <laughs> but but he like pretty much only hits like swatting slices when he's on the run. Right, and Murray almost lost. Uh, Murray almost yeah. lost too. I hope that that's just because Radek Stepanek is like the weird like Chuck yeah. Nabla of tennis. <laughs> totally, totally. I mean, I think also this brings us back to Bjorkman, right? Isn't isn't he his coach now? Yes, yeah. he is. Bjorkman has, as of this spring, joined the Andy Murray. So Andy has not listened to us in Hired Woman yet. I would love to see Murray play doubles. Don't you think that would be super cool? Yeah, I think he would be great at it. And he could play with his brother, right? Which would he could play with his brother. Cool. Right. I mean, I think the thing I read a piece that was like a listicle almost uh, about Murray and like what Bjorkman could bring to his game. But it's always the same thing. Every new coach is like it could teach him to loosen up and play better on big points and make more of his <laughs> make more of his return of serve, even though it's great. It's like, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> and he knows. Andy Murray knows what he needs to get better at. Certainly. Yeah. Like, do you feel like at a certain point it's like you know what to do. You just want someone cool in your box. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know how cool Jonas Bjorkman is. I know you met him today. Well, like... <laughs> I can tell you he's pretty cool. Right, right. But like Edberg is like genuinely suave and cool. And he's he's kind of available, right? I mean, he's not going to. Uh, I heard some interesting st- gossip actually about Stefan Edberg today. Forever. He apparently is like one of Stockholm's most successful businessmen. And he is worth like $500 billion. 
Wow. And apparently he's a real nerd. Wow. I I can see that. Like I Yeah, so he's totally not that cool. That. Yeah. They were all talking about how um all the dudes I was playing paddle tennis with were talking about how cocaine basically derailed a lot of the careers of uh the Swedish hopefuls. Wow. But except for Edberg. Huh. Because he was a big nerd. Are they suggesting that like Matt's Wielander like did a lot of blow in the 80s <laughs> that would be very surprising wow it would be, be yeah maybe like let's read between the lines here thomas Enkus, maybe maybe he destroyed his career with coke i don't know draw your own conclusions <laughs> right because he was pretty good for a while I mean, we're not saying they did do copious amounts of cocaine but we're saying we don't know right right and their countrymen are like definitely throwing shade on them for sure uh I'm, i might be embarrassed by how easy this is but is there have there been a great Swedish women. I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah, there's this woman, um, Joanna Larson, who I think actually just retired. I uh-huh. mean, gr- great, great is a real right. definition. Well, but like, quandary. L- like long career on the tour, which is pretty impressive, right? I don't think so. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Yeah. yeah, Joanna Larson. Nope. No, you've never heard of any of these guys. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Nope. Come on. Mola somebody. Mallory. Hilda Melander. Nope. <laughs> these are Swedish names, certainly, but they're Swedish names. Yeah. Is. No, I don't think anybody has. Yeah, the highest ranked Swede right now is ranked 62, and the second one is 122. And then it pretty much goes up in orders of magnitudes of two after that. Yeah. Well, there's one in the 200s, one in the 500s. Wow. You know. So, I mean, this is your task for the rest of the time you're there, like to find out what's going on with Swedish uh, women in tennis. I'm going to ask Jonas, my good friend Jonas Bjorkman. (laughs) My dear, dear friend. (laughs) My great, great friend, Jonas Bjorkman. (laughs) He'll probably have thoughts. Yeah, sure. I bet he will. I'm going to ask him. Or an expose on Game Set Mats. (laughs) Whoa. Yeah. Crossover. Pitch it. Yeah. Do it. Um, I have something really fun to talk to you about ever since last week uh, when we announced that Racket Magazine was starting uh, to raise money Mm -hmm. and that you were going to be involved. Sure. Want to know what it is? Yeah, I do. Hit it. So we have uh, – I'm not sure we actually have any left. People, real human beings have pledged money to come onto this show with us. Wow. And they're awesome people because I know some of them. Okay. I mean, <laughs> maybe they are mostly my friends, but right. we're still going to have them on the show. And I think you're going to like them all. Can okay. I tell you about some of who they are? Yes, please. Do it. Okay. My friend Mangesh Hatikadur, uh is a huge tennis fan. I play with him a lot. He founded Mental Floss. Oh, wow. Cool. Heavy hitter. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding, right? Yeah. Um, so he's going to come on the show. He, I'm like thrilled about it. Hi, Mangesh. I can't wait to talk to you. I can't wait to figure out what he wants to talk about. He's a huge tennis fan. Um, my friend Steve, Steve Snyder, uh, he notably once interviewed Cory Booker in front of the entirety of South by Southwest. He's a journalist, friend of mine who used to work at Time. Be, voice for radio. Voice for radio, Chris. I think Great. he's basically doing this as an audition tape. Great. I don't even know if sure. he likes tennis. Sure. Steve? Sure. You're welcome. We are happy to be a stepping stone for for anyone and everyone. <laughs> anyone and everyone. Um, and my friend Chami, who is a huge sports fan, is a giant fan of the main draw, and um, really, really, really took issue with uh, one of our past episodes. Oh. I didn't realize that we had a really controversial past episode. Yes. Did you? No, I didn't. Which one? It was the one where I suggested that Bill Walton become a tennis commentator. She doesn't think so, or she didn't like the approach? She thought it was an outrageous suggestion, one that suggested that I had never heard him call a basketball game because it was intolerable. Well, I don't think you're – I mean, 
to to be fair to you, I don't think your argument is that he would be the most insightful tennis commentator of all time, just that he would be the kind of oddball that America needs when it comes to tennis. That's what I said. Right. Well, we can hash it out in okay. person. That's probably games. a lot of Walton. And now his son, coach of the Lakers. Luke. Not at all. Walton. I didn't even know who this guy was. And guess how old he is. Uh, sidebar, this is depressing. 17? I mean, how old is that guy? He's got to be like 50, right? How old are 50-year-old kids? 25? Uh, he's 36. Head coach of the Los Angeles Head Lakers. coach? <laughs> I know. What am I doing with my life? I... Well, I'm doing this with you. And right. people are paying to be part of it, so maybe I shouldn't complain. Sure. Uh, wow that's amazing good for him yeah all right caitlin so next week uh we will have really meaty tennis matches to discuss i bet i can't wait i hope um i hope some major upsets happen i hope um andy murray stays in the tournament yep even with his all male coaching crew any predictions or hopes now that we're in it now that we're at paris and the clay is is covering our our metaphorical socks (sighs) well now that you say it murray I'm, i'm like like i'm becoming a murray fan uh, over time. So let's hope Murray wins it. And if not, uh, I don't know. I'm like of two minds about Djokovic because it's like good to see new guys win, but it would be cool to see him kind of close out the career slam. Federer comes back in to the semis. <laughs> they just let him play because it's weird to not have him around. Every, everyone will realize this and he gets in there. It's nice when you make um, when you make predictions and you know they're not going to come true. And this one is particularly nice because of that. So <laughs> right. I'm going to leave it there and not even add any additional thoughts. Right. So let's talk next week when we have something to talk about. As the statisticians say, there's a non-zero chance that Federer will be allowed back into the tournament. It's still humans <laughs> making this. Ugh, statisticians. <laughs> All right, Chris. Game right. set, Mats. Game set, Mats. Have a good weekend. Bye. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. That ball was on the line. Shock flew up. Oh, he's toying with him now.